At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Back with Vershawn Jackson on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. So fresh and so clean, clean. Go ahead and say that. Go ahead and say that. <laughs> so fresh and so clean, clean. <laughs> Man, I got somebody with me so fresh and so clean, clean. My little brother, Corey Portchop Ross. What's up, bro? What's up, man? How you doing? Man, I'm excellent, man. I appreciate you, man, coming on the show, bro. Man, I appreciate you having me, big dog. How you been? Man, I've been good, man. Just, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little four-wheeling, a little little shoveling snow. I'm trying to do all kinds of stuff. I think I just saw you on Facebook in a, in a big old four wheeler. <laughs> hey man, we 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 gotta you know kind of improvise. I had a truck, I had a snow truck, and man, that's too much, too many moving parts. It broke down, and yeah, you know, every other week it was breaking down. I'm like, you know what? Let me give me a little four wheeler, and it, <laughs> it it worked great, man. How'd that work for you? Man, it worked. Listen, it worked great. We we did about five or six lots. If you need your stuff shovel, you know what I'm saying, Corey. You, I know y'all got snow where you're at, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm in Nebraska and I'm also in, in Illinois, so we got hit both ways. Oh dang, <laughs> man! So Corey, man, let's 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 dive into it. Let's dive into it. The first question I got for you: How was it playing with Ray Lewis? Like them those those when he used to get hype, how was that? Oh man, uh, he probably he probably changed he probably changed my perspective of just the football player in general. You know, you, you, you were running back here. I was in Nebraska, obviously, and I was one of those, you know, leaders that were like the ones where you lead by example, right? And you do as I do as you see. That's who I was. Like, I'm going to make sure I set the tone whenever I'm out there, whether it was practicing or on the football field. So that was just me. I was never really the vocal guy, you know, and, and when, when I watched Ray and, and just watched his, you know, obviously his approach to the football game every week was something special. But not only that, just his motivational skills, like the, the way he can get out get as much as he can out of his players was just something that was special to watch, man. And then obviously, you know, his energy and, and when he put that helmet on, it was like a light that just went on. It was a switch. It was a completely different kind of animal out there. And he was all for getting that W and, and, and and inflicting as much pain as possible on the the, the uh, opposite ball <laughs> on the opposite team, you know what I mean? So right. it was special to watch, man, and and it made me really just become more vocal, and 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 really, um, it was one of the, the things that paved my way into coaching. How, how how important is having that vocal leader? Very, very. I mean, I, I can't say it enough. I mean, we've had some, you know, in 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 Nebraska, but you know, not. Not to the caliber of like a Ray Foolish, right? And so, and even when I had to say something when I was a captain, I said it, you know. And Daniel Bullock was was a captain with me, and you know, you know the twins—they not—they don't talk too much. They lead by example, mm-hmm. well. Um, so it was it was one of those, 
you know, roles that I, I just took on the way I wanted to take on. But as I look back at it, I wish I would have been a little bit more vocal because words are powerful, man. I think, uh, and getting it out of somebody that you see sweating and, and, and has blood and tears, you know, coming down his eyes right next to you is something a little different. It just hits you a little different. And, uh, and I wish I would have been able to, you know, now that I look back at it, some of the things I've learned as a coach, as a player, it's just, you know, being able to be more vocal and, and, and understanding how those words can move people because they do. <laughs> Absolutely. So I am the second year I'm – I'm a first-year coach in the UFL. We I'm doing uh, scout, and I see this little dude out here running. I'm like, man, what? That looked awfully familiar. So I just <laughs> kept, you know, you know, and then you get the scouting report, and I'm like, man, I knew it. Man, that's Pork Chop. That's Corey Ross. And so I'm telling the defense, man, you guys better make sure y'all game plan for Corey. But a lot of times they look at the stature and think, uh, eh, we good, we'll be okay. And I remember we went up there and y'all y'all just kicked us in the teeth and you had a big game against us. Oh, How yeah. important was being at Sacramento, which was to me a developmental time, yeah. How important was that taking your career further and making it to Baltimore Ravens? Uh, you know, it was it, the, the difference between that. I, I was with the Ravens before I was there. So I ended up going to the, the USL started. I think it was going in my third years when I got hurt. So I had that injury, uh, ankle injury that set me out after my third year with the Ravens. So I was done and I had almost a year and a half. And so the UFL came about, and I was trying to get back in the league after the injury, and then all of a sudden I get a call from the late great Dennis Green, and um, and I was like, man, absolutely, I'd love to go play for you. And then I started seeing some of the coaches in that league, and I'm like, okay, this is definitely going to be something that at least give me another look and get back into it. And I ended up going out there and um, met some great coaches, man, that I still talk to to this day and, and, and learned a lot, a lot more about football, you know, and just development. Uh, in in the process doing so and god man it was it was awesome you know and then um i think i ended up going from the ufl and i had a had a stint with the patriots uh they brought me in for a tryout and and here i am thinking i'm about to go out there and then the injury happened with their team and and they didn't bring me out they had to bring some d linemen in you know it was just one of those deals like the windows crazy how the windows close they get open so fast but they close so easy and that's kind of what happened. So, like, I went to the UFL. Just I kind of finished my career because I was three years with the Ravens. Then I went to UFL right after that. So, um, I, I, it was fun for me because I, I think that's where I was a little bit more vocal because um, I was a captain on that team and I was able to, you know, uh, kind of teach like some of the young guys some of the game because I was in the league for a little bit. So I had to kind of be a uh, vet status, if you if you call it. And um, like uh, Denzel Washington's son. Um, mm-hmm. Was one of was one of my running backs. He was one of my backup guys, and so we 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 you know we hung out, talked talked a little bit a lot about you know football and, and and things like that. So those guys were just looking up to me because they knew I was kind of already there, and they were kind of getting there. You yeah. know, so it was it was an awesome experience. Yeah, that was the first time I met Denzel. Was at that game when mm-hmm. I found out he had the son there. So that was a that was a good that was a good deal. So let's let's really dig now. So. How and who in the world got you convinced you to leave Colorado for Nebraska? Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, it's probably a lot of people probably got the same story that I'll say right now. But easily, it, it was Ron Brown. You know, uh, he came into my house and, uh, and really spoke obviously very well, but also touched the heart of my, me and my dad, my mom. You know, being 
being a very religious family that I grew up in, he's very religious and to the point. But he also, you know, understood who I was as a player because he was at almost every game, you know. And so, and it was crazy because I think going into my senior year, it was a little more crazy. They, I, all of a sudden, Coach Soldier's knocking on my door. He come in the house because I think they realized Eric Bieniemy, who you know, with the Chiefs right now, he was my uh, running back coach. And that year, he ended up my senior year. He goes to the Buffalo. So after my senior year being my running back coach, he tried to come and see, see you. Tried to get me out of there real quick, but you know, I just, I just had a loyalty to Coach Brown, man, and and, and Solich. They came in, it came into the door, and and uh, and just kind of sweat sweat my family off the feet a little bit. You know what I mean? So uh, love love them, still love them to this day. Coach Brown was the reason I uh, I didn't leave. So you are, it's I believe what class of two thousand three. Or uh, you're the last yeah, class yeah, with Solich, right? Me feel younger. Uh, 2001, I believe. That was my, my yeah. Okay, 01. First freshman year. But you left 05, right? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, left 05. You're right. There you yeah, oh, yeah. So maybe you didn't be, 02 might have been your, your recruitment. Yeah, so, so, so you had an opportunity to play for Coach Solich and uh, Callahan. What was the differences mm-hmm. in that? And Yo Pelini was also on that staff too. So. Oh, you got, mean got, oh, you talking about on the Operation Takeover right today? <laughs> yeah, he took over for oh, okay. the, the bowl game when we played. Yeah, so yeah, let's talk about that. Bo <laughs> Pelini to Callahan. Well, no, no, no. Solich to Bo Pelini to Callahan. Yeah, so I mean, Solich to Bo Pelini. I mean, obviously they they kind of came on together. You know, that 2003 is when he came into the DC, but. Um, uh, I enjoyed it, you know. I I, I was I was on my my battles, you know. I believe my freshman and sophomore uh, um, season, I, I was I was going through some of some of the the ups and downs of what what you want to really do, you know. I was uh, highly touted coming out, and and I felt like I could have been playing earlier than I wanted to, but you got you got seven or eight thoroughbreds in front of you uh, that all had the opportunity to play, and I ended up having shoulder surgery, so it was like my first two years was kind of like shaky. But I was also learning, you know, the college life and adapting, you know, what, what we all typically do as, as young freshmen. But then uh, um, I think going to 2003, Kalini came in, uh, Williams came in, some some, some real tip-top uh, Sanders, all those guys came in on that defensive side that uh, made made uh, made practice a whole lot fun. <laughs> I tell you, like, the energy was a little different when both Pelini and the guys were over there. And he almost made you want to play for him. I tell you that I always wanted. Man, I could have went over there and played DD with old with Pelini on that side of the ball because he was just that much energy, and, and and he everyone just riled around him and believed everything he said. Man, he was he was kind of special to be a part of. At least even going into that senior game, I know we lost Solich, and 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 think emotions were high. You know, Pelini was one of the guys that kind of kept us down. Marty Cotton was on the on the offensive coordinator on that staff, and. Uh, he kept he kept us humble, kept us strong, and, and we went down to Michigan State and still won that bowl game. Uh, but yeah, it was special. And then Callahan came in and kind of just opened my eyes up to to football even more. You know, uh, I think the terminology, the playbook, things just became uh, real, real. He said, not, not saying that our our playbook wasn't real, but it was like something about that NFL caliber playbook and the terminology and the things you can do with the back that you know we just wasn't doing when we were in, in the. Uh, option option i will say the option era of football um and it was kind of special for me i mean it was i tell you once once that left randy jordan was my running back coach and you know he brought he brought the energy he brought everything that i expected and 
And I just I ate that I ate that entire playbook up, man, and it helped me when I got to the league. It was the easiest thing to pick up any kind of playbook that I was in. When I was with the Ravens, they was I had not one mental error. You know, it was like I I knew that playbook like the back of my hand. And that was Nebraska football, and that's that's those are the guys that kind of grew me. I, I was in a tough era, you know. I think I think it was very tough to be in a to be in a 2000 era. You know, we go national championship with you know against Miami, but. There's some guys we had in that roster that was tough. You know, you had some tough quarterbacks that came through there. Crouch, Jamal Lord, you know what I'm saying, Joe Daly, and I even had to go with the late, the great, you know, you know, he got that playoff win, Zach Taylor. Uh, so I had some guys in front of me, some tough guys, and he had some tough people around, man. It was special. It was a special place to be, i tell you that. Who was in the running back room at, at that time? Oh, golly, you had it. Yeah, Darren Dietrich, uh, Thunder Collins, um, uh, uh, Josh Davis, uh, David Horn, Marcus Simmons, myself, Deontay Grigsby. Um, yeah, we were we about eight. Uh, Robin Robin Miller. God, we were deep. We were deep. There was some real good running backs. There were some running backs in that group that no, no one really remember that was really slick like in in practice she's like boy he got an opportunity he might be sweet you know we had some guys like that how okay so in this day let's 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 skip back because i i know i i did a little bit of digging and i know you wasn't playing in the beginning as early as you wanted to play but in this day of the transfer portal if it was there if we had the transfer portal back then would you have left you know um the crazy, the crazy part is that it came. There was a, at one point it came to that. You know, I remember um, I was I was having a pretty good um, training camp, and then I ended up tweaking my knee, and I had to sit out like the last three or four weeks. And I, you know, I'm sitting there battling. I'm battling with Josh Davis, uh, running with the ones with Josh and, and David Horn at the time. I think David was highly talented coming out, and uh, yeah, that was at one point. I'm like, man, I can. I can play, but then when I hurt my knee, you know how that goes. Injury kind of, you know, moves you to the back, and those guys getting those reps are the guys that's going to play. And then as the season went on, man, and I thought, you know, when I came back healthy, I wasn't going to lose my spot or at least lose the opportunities that I wanted. And at one point it, it did come to there, and I um, had a nice conversation with one of my coaches back home, and I even talked to Coach Brown. And uh, like I told you guys, Coach Brown was one of the main reasons that I sat down. I had a great conversation with Coach Brown. And had a great conversation with, with Coach Solich, and and at the end of the day, it was like, hey, just wait out your opportunity to see what happens this year, and, and just keep waiting, and keep practicing, keep going hard, and see what happens. And that's exactly what I did, and I ended up getting an opportunity against the KU. Uh, I think that was my first game, Kansas City Jayhawks, when my brother played at the time. So family out there and everything. I ended up mm-hmm. going in the second half. Uh, we weren't running the ball too well, and ended up going in the second half, and ended up having a big day. And and I remember the next week, you know, Coach. <laughs> Coach uh, Coach Solis comes into the quarter running back room and, and tells the guys that they were they were gonna give me a start the next week against K State. And uh, yeah, it was it was all it was all she wrote from there. And I I just wanted to get in the driver's seat so I can do what I do. And uh, I was getting an opportunity to do it. Yeah, it was crazy because it, that's how it happened. Like I literally was about to at one point think about you know is this you know do they do they want me is is an opportunity for me? I just want to play football. I remember it like it was yesterday. And uh, and I remember having that conversation with with Coach Brown and uh, and Coach Solich, and and they just said, hey, just keep because you know I practice hard and you know, never question, never never complain about nothing, and, and and just waited for that opportunity. And when he came, I took it, you know. 
Well, you know what? You stuck with it, and I'm glad you did. But how tall are you really, Porcha? Man, I'm 5'7", man. Come on, I, I like man. Like I was five, thinking 5'5". Five, five. Like, so get this. So it's funny you say that. We played that year. We played K-State. That was the second game I played. And uh, it was like battle of little backs, right? They had Darren Sproles. And they got this guy 5'8 out here. And I'm like, and they got me listed 5'6". I'm like, come on, man. So, you know, I, I made it a point to just go stand up on him. And I'm looking down on and I'm like, man, how, how is he taller than me? <laughs> Everybody was, hey, and I'm like, listen, I'm, I, I like to say I'm right around. I, I am. I am legitly 5'7". That's where, that's where I measured. At the Come NFL on, Chop. Come on, Chop. You like Charles Barkley. Like, Char- you like you like Charles Barkley was. You know what I mean? So you see no, Charles Barkley five, on the on – 5'7 the- at the NFL combine. That's all I'm saying. Okay. They, they don't cheat. They, they strip you all the way down. They make you square your feet out. You can't stretch your neck or anything. <laughs> Give me my numbers, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my point. A lot of times we recruit – could you imagine being recruited in this day and age? When we're recruiting oh, stars, we're recruiting the fact that a guy is six foot, a guy is six foot, 200 pounds at running back. Could you imagine if they had to recruit you and, and, and would they give you the same opportunity in this climate, in this space that they would have gave you back then? Yeah, absolutely. Because I was built different. <laughs> See, that's your positivity. Talking. I, I say, I say, I, look, look, I never, I've never let it, I've never let it. I never let it deter anything that I wanted to do. So somebody was going to give me an opportunity. Would it have been Nebraska? I don't know. But, you know, if you watch my highlight film and what I was doing in, in the state of Colorado, you know, I was I was handling my business. So I, I like to think that, you know, because, you know, I was, it, it's the crazy part is people don't realize I was a four-star cornerback coming out of college or out of high school. Like I went to the I went to the first ever Army All-American game, right, and I was a corner there. I wasn't even a running back there. Like Solich and, and and Coach Coach Brown was the ones that were going to give me opportunity to play running back. Everybody wanted to play DB hmm. coming out, so people don't remember. Like a lot of people don't remember that. Like I was in, in the Army All American game as a cornerback, and they saw you yeah. said, "Yeah, we." You know yeah. what? That you know back they did a great job of taking people who didn't necessarily play this position and putting mm-hmm. them at that position, and they were able to plug and play. And 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 made great players. I mean, I was one mm-hmm. of them. I, I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't like blocking. I wanted the ball. I wanted to run. And they said, "Listen, man, you can't be a fullback at Nebraska if you don't like blocking. It's not mm-hmm. gonna happen at all." So, are you <laughs> now? Now that you're a coach, and I'm a, I'm gonna touch on this a lot in the next segment. But but are you a measurable guy or are you a football guy? I'm a football guy. I, I'm a, I'm a football guy through and through, man. I, I watch so much film. Uh, and I really don't care about what you're testing like or any of that stuff. I watch so much film because I think I think the game just you you move fast. I swear this time I just felt like I moved faster when the ball was in my hand than when I was sitting there trying to run a forty. You know what I mean? So I, I love I love looking at film. I love watching film, and I love just breaking that down uh, completely. I mean, I think that's just what it takes. And you know, me myself being a five seven, you know, uh, running back, you you you. But I'm sitting here recruiting some big boys too. But my big boys got to be able to move. I just don't like thoroughbreds that run straight. You know what I mean? Like you got to have some some left to right. You got to have some wiggle in the hips, is what I call it. So um, I, I don't I don't discriminate at all, man. I got five seven receivers right now. You know that's having fun on my team. 
That's you know you know you I used to watch you all the time and and I always said I said the toughest running backs is that short, powerful guy that can <laughs> dip in, dip out. You set your blocks up very very well. Um, people don't understand how important vision is to a running back. That it's not oh, yeah. all about because a guy's got speed. You're just another gang banger with speed. My bad. I had a, <laughs> Look at you quoting program, ain't you? <laughs> <laughs> but, Be careful. I don't know how many people know about that movie. We didn't know. Man, don't say that, Corey. Listen, they, hold on. Let me, what, let me, do, what are you doing here? Uh, kill everybody. <laughs> let, me, let me bring DP in. Are, are, we right that, are we that old now? Nick, do you have you watched the program? Let me let me have you watched the program? No, no. See, you can tell see? just just ask them if they've ever carried the football to class. That will tell you everything you need to know. That will tell you everything. <laughs> <laughs> never seen it. Never, never seen it. Never I even seen it. Hey Chop. Joe Kane for Heisman. You think you got the stuff you gotta know, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> See, Ross, we getting old, man. You're right. We get we getting older, but we getting wiser. The older we get, the wiser we get. In training camp last year, we literally, me and a couple of our old coaches, literally got so mad that our players did not know the program. We took the, two, the second practice off, and we literally put the program on it <laughs> in our meeting room, and everybody watched the program. That's it. That's it. That's it changed it. their life too, right? Changed their life. Come on, come on, come on. That really was going on, Coach. What was really had, happening then, Coach? Had the best season they had all year. No, he said, you know, put them all to bed and let the paramedics sort them out. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here we go. You know, you 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 finally cracked the starting lineup. Um, you're playing with Zach Taylor. Um, talk about Zach Taylor. How how smart was he? You know, to be the head coach at Cincinnati, hopefully we'll get him on. But to be the head coach at Cincinnati, oh, how smart man. was he back then? He was special, man. He was – I honestly, I, I think I said this. I told someone this, um asked me about an interview that I had the other day. And, and I honestly thought in – my, in my heart, I thought that Zach was going to be a quarterback that was going to be kind of just under, under the wire no one really thought about. I thought he was going to be like a Tom Brady. Because I thought he was going to get an opportunity in the league, maybe like a six, seven round pick, and I thought he was going to get in there. And because that's how that's how smart he was, but his arm was stronger than you thought. You know, he can make every throw, and he was so smart and he was so tough, man. He sit in that pocket and throw that football and take a hit like it was nobody. You know what I mean? Like he was, it was, it was crazy. You know, especially the transition, right? The transition. We had a junior year, and Joe Davis, one of my good people picked up the playbook, but it just wasn't – it wasn't like a fit for Joe, right? But he picked it up. Joe smart. Joe Davis, smart as heck. Picked the playbook up, understood everything. But you can tell it just didn't fit, you know, his more style of a runner. Play, You know what I'm saying? He needed to run a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You can get him in the option, you know what I'm saying, some zone read stuff. But when when Zach came in, and I used to, I used to joke all the time because I used to think I was smarter than everybody, right? You know, I think I know the playbook, no. right? So I think I knew the playbook better than anybody. So I would, whenever the quarterbacks would come in, and they and they always in the, in the huddle, they're always by me, right? So they start spitting out the playbook and, or the play for that. And in the play, sometimes the terminology, the wording is so long, people don't understand. Sometimes you got to spit out a lot of verbiage real quick. 
and the quarterback, some of our young quarterback, Joe, Bo Davis, I think some of those guys will get to play from Coach Callahan. And I'd be laughing because I'm like, that's a long one, but I know how to spit it out, so I would help them. You know, <laughs> so when they get down, instead of the quarterback always turning around looking and asking what else, you know, I would spit it out for them real quick. We, we would laugh about it. And so that comes in, and so I'm like, I'm laughing. I'm like, we, we're in spring ball. I'm like, all right. New quarterback, he ain't gonna be able to spit this out. I'm, you know, I always laugh when they mess up. It's kind of funny. You know, he'll laugh about it. And he starts spitting it out, and I'm like, okay, first place, spit it out. Second place, spit it out. Then we got all the way to about training camp. I, I and I go to, I go to uh, our team. I go to Coach Jordan. I said, man, we like, man. I said, we got a quarterback over here. Right. <laughs> and Coach Jordan, you know, Coach Jordan, look at me, he go, uh huh, uh huh. You know, kind of, he has this funny little, little uh huh, he does, and we just start laughing. Yeah, it was funny. He was spitting that verbiage out like it was nothing. It was groomed for him, and he did a dang good job, man. Had a great junior year with him, and my senior year was awesome. I caught a lot of balls from Zach. Well, I'll tell you what, two jet, three flanker drive, YZ over X. Uh, System yeah. crazy <laughs> in at Nebraska. It was 43 die pass to the lay flat. That told everybody what to do. Listen, <laughs> Corey, stick around. I got to take a John Jackson's the captain. We'll be right back. Back with Vershawn Jackson on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the Captain Show. I'm Vershawn Jackson. It's The Ticket. I'm talking to Corey Ross, a.k.a. The Pork Chop. We'll take your Sider Heyman text line. Comments, 464-5685 for Corey. Or the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, 464-5685-1942 says, man, Ross ain't no 5'7", LOL. I remember he was playing at Nebraska at the time, and he came to one of my YMCA basketball games, and 10-year-olds were skying over him. I don't know about that. I might have been dunking on him, but. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love to see. A guy that might not be as tall in stature. I keep telling people, it's not the size of the dog. It's the size <laughs> of the fight in the dog. The fight in the dog. Give me pork chop any day of the week. Now, <laughs> let's talk about this pork chop. If you're just joining in late, I'm talking to Corey Ross, uh, Husker legend, former Baltimore Raven, Raven and a doggone good football coach. Who gave you the name pork chop? Where did it come from? Golly, I, I, Deontay Grigsby. If I if I can remember this correctly, it came from Deontay. Man, um, and it was a uh, all the running backs had like some kind of nickname of what sort. But I remember it was like uh, my freshman year. I ended up meeting and hanging out with Deontay. He ended up being like a great mentor of mine. And uh, I went to his house, and everybody knows Deontay's known for cooking. He can throw down. And so uh, he he made some smothered pork chops when we first got to training camp, and uh, we had the next day we had uh, I think it was like a I want to say it was practice. I don't know if it was, was it training camp or was it, yeah, it was weird in training camp. You already have going to training camp, and uh, he tells Coach uh, Gillespie, he tells Coach Gillespie, I had like nine pork chops. I only had like three of them. But I had like nine pork chops, and all of a sudden I think he. he yeah, pork chop had nine pork chops. That's what Deontay goes and <laughs> say. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Darren Dietrich was at this point. That's what we going to name him, pork chop. Yep, that's it. 
it was Darren Dietrich and Deontay Grigsby was the ones that started that. <laughs> well, you know, that, that might be from your perspective, but from mine. Who was when yours? You came in, yours. When you came in, you know, I, I think that I was around a lot around that time. And we were talking to some of the guys, and I was like, well, who is this little dude named Corey Ross looking like a pork chop? I'm not. I'm not. I did, but I was. I was a catalyst in calling you a pork chop because I couldn't understand. You like this is new. This is new. I haven't heard you give me it. I know. Well, you got to think, Juggernaut. Like we was the nickname king. We started yeah. that nickname, the stuff you know, and calling people by their nickname. I'm not gonna take credit. Okay. I'm not gonna take credit from from my brother Deontay Grisby for, but you know, what I mean, I'm I'm gonna say I got like 15. percent you know what I mean? Because I remember. Okay, I, I like it. I, I didn't. I, I didn't know it came from y'all there. <laughs> yeah, I remember you coming in and and and, and like and I said, man, you look like a little pork chop. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just because you was short, short like a pork big. chop. Wow. Yeah. So you know, I I li- listen. Anybody that pl- put the football pads on at Nebraska, not only put them on, but play at a high level again. It's not the size of the dog. It's the mm-hmm. size of the fighting the dog. So we got another one. Uh, Jordan says, uh, actually, we just read Jordan's. But Strail from Hollum says, can you ask Corey what was the biggest hit you ever took? The biggest hit I ever took happened to be in the, when I was in the NFL. Uh, it was in training camp. And because uh, I really, if you know, I, I never really took any big hits. Yeah. Um, nothing too crazy. There was two hits that I can remember like it was yesterday. <laughs> like That's how good they were. One was in training camp, and uh, and we're in a goal line situation, you know. And this is, you know, young guys trying to show out. You know, we got the all we going against the Warren. So you know, I got Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, you know, Terrell Suggs, Bayless Thomas. Like these are the guys we had on that defense at the time. And you know, you try to you trying to set a tone for yourself. I'm, you know, being a small guy, I always I've always taught. You know, what I'm saying. Like, make sure everybody know you got some dog in you, right? So um, whenever I lined up for one-on-ones, I tried to get up there and go against Ray Lewis and block and skip. You know, I didn't care what everybody looked at, thought anything. I was gonna put him, put put my helmet in his chest. That's kind of how it was. How that? So how We go to goal line and like, okay, who, who wants it? Who wants it? I jumped out like, coach, I got it. Give me, give me get this last rep. So it's this it's last rep for the marbles, and I remember it. We in the goal line, and I get the ball, and I see a hole, and then fell the holes. You see a hole, you better hit a hole because they close real fast, right? So I see a hole. I said, ooh, this is mine. I hit that thing so fast, I tried to dive up in there, and all of a sudden, boom, Ray Lewis comes from the left. I didn't even know who came from the top until I seen it on film, and they high-load me and flipped me, boy. <laughs> we, I ended up scoring, but that was the hardest hit ever. And I was like, man, I see it on film, and boy, Ray and Ed had high-load me so serious, it was crazy. Dang, and, and that's then, in uh, practice. And then, I, I, and then the next hit was my first game when uh, we played Baltimore Ravens versus the Chiefs. And you know Coach Brown, I, I love him to death. You know we don't we don't fair catch when we coach at the Brad, right? When you're a special team punt returner in the Brad, you don't fair catch. Right, you get it and <laughs> so, go. You know, so I'm out here. It's my first game in the NFL. About to, I'm, I'm about to catch a punt return. I'm like I'm not about to fair catch this. I'm about to go get jiggy with. It. <laughs> I ended up getting. I caught the ball. I got hit so hard when I caught it. Held on to it, jumped up, ran to the sideline, and I don't remember. Yeah, I was hurting. And then I can remember the other day, uh, probably that next Sunday, I ended up being on Jacked Up. I remember they had that show. Oh, <laughs> you got Jacked, you got up. jacked yeah, up. I was I was number one on that list. 
Dang, C. Ross. Yeah, so that was, I like, that was a big one. I like to tell people that when you're in the NFL, the difference between college football and NFL is two different things. It's speed of the game. Whereas a guy, you catch the ball in college, you might have two steps before the next guy gets there. Mm-hmm. In the pros, as soon as you catch the ball, the same millisecond a guy is there. It's there. It's there. And it, it what's even crazy is that, I, and, and when you say that, I like to say the biggest difference for me is not necessarily the skill positions, right? The, that that front seven is is no joke. You know, you got D linemen that's running four or five. You know what I mean? Like so that though that interior is is something that is something. I mean, you, you gotta, you actually gotta be in it to kind of, to kind of, to kind of understand it. You know, everybody say, "Oh, it's football." You, you gotta block it. It's different up there. You know, when you get in them trenches, that is a different kind of animal, boy. Hizzle Bear says, "Hey, Corey, you knew my brother Dave from the construction management program. Just wanted to say thanks for not letting Richie Cognigo uh, snatch his life out one night at a party." <laughs> <laughs> I feel your pain. Oh my gosh! Why you remember do I that? remember that? You remember that? You had to talk the big guy off the ledge, Richie. 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 Stall him out. Stall him hey, out, Richie. Richie don't. Richie don't play. Like Richie was my. Richie. Richie was my protector. He wouldn't let me. Hey, he wouldn't let me do nothing. When I went out with Richie, them boys. If anybody, if anybody messed with me, it, it was Kurt. Richie. Oh. <laughs> Hey, I tell, I, I tell you what, wow, that's crazy. text the Haven t- uh, text I line. Try, I'm trying to keep Richie because you know Richie's about to be first. He's going to be all – he's about to be – he should have been the first-round pick. You know, Richie was crazy. But, you you know, we you know we love them linemen being crazy. You got to have some crazy linemen. You have to have <laughs> some crazy linemen. Listen, I'm talking to Corey Ross. We will be back right after this message. It's the Sider Heyman text line. Hit us up if you want to get your question in with Corey Ross while we got him here. It's the captain for Sean Jackson, 93.7 a ticket. This is 93.7 a ticket. Look at me short. Look at me short. I'm the captain now. Three-time national champion, Vershawn Jackson. Oh, got a bunch all alone is Vershawn Jackson. And Vershawn, he'll get it to the 24-yard line. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here he is, Vershawn Jackson. Ah, yeah! Ross, 15 out of the backfield. Lorenzo Sims with tackle. 32nd catch for Ross, who's been very dependent this year for the Big Red fan. Talked to the coaches yesterday about Corey Ross. Talked to the Colorado coaches about him. They said they recruited him. They wanted him here. They liked everything he did. He came to their football camp during the summer. They liked him, offered him a scholarship. He thought that he would have a better chance playing right away and having a better com- career at Nebraska. But he comes home to Denver, and that's a nice play for the little guy. Go, Big Red. Snatched us a big fish in a small pond. I, you know, I found it funny that Joker said, that's a big play for the little guy. <laughs> I was like, you know what I take? I take I take Corey Ross in a junkyard dog battle against a whole bunch of big guys. <laughs> I would, too. I definitely would, too. <laughs> hey, listen. So, you and Titus Adams played in the first ever U.S. Army All-American Yes, sir. Game. T-Dot. How was that? 
it was uh it was awesome. To be honest with you, like it was it was right in the beginning of it, right? So at first it was always it the very first one was people forget it was sponsored by Nike at the time. It wasn't it wasn't the Army All American. It, it eventually go it went to the Army All American. So I, I think I still have my jersey. I, I was with the West and uh that's where I yeah, I first met Titus and you know, we ended up being uh, roommates. After that, you know, but yeah, we first met Titus. I'm going to brag because you know they, they lined you up on schools you were going to when they introduced you to everybody, and, and and then all of a sudden, you know, we had there's two people in Nebraska. I'm like, you know, Nebraska, I'm, I'm going to Nebraska. Met met Titus from Omaha, and I was like, oh okay, it's a cool big fella right here. You know, you and you know you ain't gonna starve when you hang around with the big boys. Right? Oh no, <laughs> you gonna you gonna get you so some steaks. I, I had to hang out with T Dot. So so. You know, talk about the camaraderie of Nebraska football and the, some of the tradition of Nebraska football. You know, uh, I, I, I think everybody else all knows this one, but one of my favorite ones of all time is that that tunnel walk. Right? That, that was that was one of the things that kind of did me. I came down on my recruiting trip, and Nebraska was playing Missouri at the time, both highly ranked and. Uh, and uh, Corel Buckhalter at the time was my uh, he was my uh, host, uh, but he ended up having a big game that game as well. But I, that was my first experience of a Husker game, and, and they had brought me on the field. I was in I was like on the 50 yard line walking through the tunnel walk started, the, the, the uh, chant started happening, man, and I I remember that like it was yesterday. That that thing it, and it hasn't changed. It's beautiful. I like I like that they went on the other side, but. Man, there was something there was something different about having that that, that locker room on that south side, so, man. Absolutely. You know, what, what they felt is for people forget, man, they, they how spoiled they are now. You had you had to earn your way into that locker room on that other side. Say <laughs> that those, again. That? Yeah, we was over there in the we called it the slums at first. The North State slums, man. Yes. <laughs> I lived over there for a year, bro. You I was slumming it for a year. <laughs> I, was living over there. I, I remember uh, my roommate in college, Philip Blast, still was my guy of the day. He ended up get, he ended up getting to play early on. We both thought we was gonna play first, you know. I ain't red shirt. We playing, and he got he got the nine first. He went from training all of a sudden. I'm like, wait, why are you walking over there? He's like, oh, they they pulled me to the locker room. I'm saying, man, you know, so I'm watching my boy go over there. I'm going to the slums. That's the that's now the they best. All, get, they, all, now they all, all get VIP seating now, don't they? Right. That's the best and the worst uh, feeling after two day practices and you get ready to start the season. <laughs> yeah. Hey, get your stuff, man. You move to the the varsity locker room. And then you start oh. hearing people talking about rinse, dude. Rinse, hey, dude. That was it was special, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it made you. Be a part of something special, like you said. Yes, that was that was pretty cool. Cause, it, cause here's the thing: what I remembered it, you know, and I know it's a little different nowadays. And obviously, things have to change. You gotta, you know, you know, get you gotta get technology up and do all those things. But the cool part for me was, I thought that tradition was one of my favorites. Only because not only the tunnel walk, obviously, that was great, but when we were over there, you kind of got an appreciation for you know, that walk-on program too, right? Because a lot of those guys were in that locker room. And you almost, you almost, it almost humbled you in a way. You know, some of us guys, especially coming out of college, you're, you know, four-star, five-star athletes. And you and you got the big locker room over here and you over here with this one. But then you see the appreciation of guys are like, you know, I could have went and got a scholarship here, did that, did that, but I wanted to come to Nebraska. You know, so you got to meet some of those walk-on guys and, and had great conversations, became great friends with us. And so, and, uh, I remember one of, Over it was one of the guys that I, I really liked. He was one of 
most opinionated receivers, but that boys they work so hard in that walk on program. So it made you appreciate that part of it. And then once you got over there, it was like, all right, you you over here. This is when it gets real. You got to represent Nebraska Cornhuskers, whether you was an offensive guy or you was a black shirt. Do you feel like the NIL and transfer? Let's just start with the NIL. Is it destroying college football as we know it, or you like the program? I I don't know yet. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I don't know how to. I don't know. I don't know yet. <laughs> I mean, I'm all for, you know, we, we were some of those guys. I, I, I still talk to it. I talk about it now with some of my guys. Like, boy, if, you, if I was in the NIL program back then, you yeah. know, we, we talk about some How of much? that stuff now. How much? We're wishing we were a part of it. <laughs> Show me the money. How much? Can you, can you imagine the, the, the program when, when Nebraska was winning national titles after national titles? Can you imagine the amount of money no. some of them boys would have been making? No. I, I asked Tommy that. I had Tommy on the show this this past Friday. And I said, Tommy, how much do you think you would have made an NIL program? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, these guys would have been getting paid. Yes. Yes, they're getting paid. So, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of I'm, – I'm, I'm, I'm with it, you know, because I just know how hard it – you know, it, it's, it's, it's definitely a grind on not only our bodies but our minds as student-athletes. I mean, we, we ask for it, but people don't understand how tough that really is, you know juggling getting to understand a playbook that some people would think is like a whole nother foreign language, right? Making sure you understood all that, the assignments and how much what your assignment does matter and how you can protect that next man to you. I mean, it means a whole lot, you know what I mean? Like when people don't understand, people think it's just a game. Not a lot of people ever think a lot of people understand what, what's it like to play, but um, it's just a perspective that um, I think, you know, helps guys and, 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 especially some people that come from some really, really bad areas that need this, you know, it's, it's a whole, we could talk about that for a lot, a long time, buddy, but so I don't know how I feel about it yet. You know, I don't think it's hurting or, or anything yet. No. And, and, and I think you know, in the long run, they'll, they'll tweak it a little bit and they'll figure out what's work, what works best. Now state of Nebraska football from your perspective. All right. This, this year, this past season made me made me more optimistic. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it, it's been kind of crazy, and I know I know the process of of, <laughs> of starting something from scratch, you know. And I know when when Coach uh, Coach Frost and those guys came in, it, it's pretty much starting from scratch, right? It, it, as far as when you're trying to build a program that you want from the ground up, and you got to you know change some ideologies, things that may have, and you just try to bring it back to what you feel makes this you know, special, right? So I get all that and I understand that part of it, but I also understand that we also still have, there are players here still, so we got to make sure we work with what we got. You know, I'm one of those guys, like when we came in, when Callahan came in and all those guys came in, I didn't, I didn't want no, I didn't, I I think I was a guy that was like, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to let a coach tell me that he, I'm not in his system. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, even I'm a football player, so I can adapt to anything. I've always that's kind of how I was. So when he came in, that that adaptation for me was like this is still football. You can say coach me up and tell me what I need to do so I can handle my business. So that's kind of how I the approach that I took as a player, and and I hope most guys take that approach too. But some people just don't relate to certain things, and he's got they had to clean it up and do some things with this past season, especially with the defense. Man, I'm not even gonna lie, I, I'm starting to see some things that I'm like, man, okay. And everybody that's you know cracking jokes while I walk around in, in Illinois and Iowa, you know, and tell me about my Huskers. I'm just laughing right now because there was some 
there were some things that happened this season that I think you can be more optimistic about, especially, you know, some of them tight games and you know, one player here, one player here or two, and we win a lot of those games. So uh, I think there's, I think there's some light there. I definitely do think there is. We'll be back. You'll see. We'll be back. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> like, see. Hey, what was we, that we, off? We, gotta, we 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 gonna fall a little bit. I mean, I think every team does. They gonna fall a little bit. We'll, we'll be back. We'll be what, back. What I, was, I see it happening. I really do. Um, and there have some good changes that I think that uh, Scott and, and Trev Albers being in there are, are making, and uh, and I think it should be it should be fun to watch. You know, see what happens because this year was fun to watch. I, I, as, as bad as as much as it hurt us, you know, <laughs> to see how we lost and some of the mistakes that were being made, you know, that has been made before and that ain't changed. There were still some things that you're like, boy, it's like you said, it's, it's, there's some fight in this dog. I tell you, there's some fight in this dog. And, and, and we're bring we're returning some guys, so we'll, we'll see what happens with this uh, with this offensive new offensive approach they're taking, and and how much how many changes will they make in order to you know better that offensive side and then defensively. I mean, you know those boys are getting to the ball, so I mean it was fun to watch defensively for sure. I'm talking to Corey Ross, former Husker and former Baltimore Raven. Also, Corey, what um, when we talk about what you're doing now? I'm, I'm going to ask you this question first, and then I want you to just kind of talk about how you got into coaching. But if there was a way that you can come back as a Nebraska analyst, would you do that? Would I? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know, I, I definitely, I'll, I'll definitely, and it's just, this is, this is love. You know what I'm saying? Nebraska's home for me. You know, still got a, still got a place out there. So, uh, but that's, that's always there. And, and there's definitely some opportunity there. And um, as far as, uh, as far as an opportunity like that, a, a, an approach, Absolutely, I would definitely look in and talk to anybody that's willing to do that. Um, it'd be fun to just be around it, you know, be around the outdoor world. I, I'm getting so caught up in this indoor world because I'm having a lot of fun. I'm not gonna lie, I'm having a lot of fun with it, but I, I'm definitely scratching. I'm scratching to get back outdoor for sure. Differences between outdoor and indoor football. I, it's, I think it's the creativity that I, I get uh, being able to motion guys at a snap, you know, snap of the ball. Uh, it's so fast. The field's so short. So um, the, the the teaching these these especially I, I mess with the quarterbacks and and the offense coordinators. So uh, getting the quarterbacks to get the ball out of their hands and understand reads. Uh, that's for me. That's just the, the biggest difference. Is it's just fast, man. It's energy. It's scoring all the time. But it's just there's certain movements you can do that you can't do outdoor that just makes it fun for me with my mind. I mean, it's sometimes too creative, but it's fun. So you are you you know how long you been in coaching and where you at now? Uh, just going on my seventh year. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, I'm, I'm in I'm in Illinois Quad City. This is gonna be my third year. We had sh- we had stopped down. Uh, COVID shot us down in cause based out of Chicago, so it hit us pretty hard. So we did not. My team did not play last year, and I got a couple offers to go be an offensive coordinator in 2021 to a couple of teams, and I ended up going to Bismarck. Bucks for the 2021 season to uh, try to help those guys out. They were one of the worst teams in the league the last two years, and and I thought that that was a challenge. So I went out there and we had one of the top offenses in the league and made the playoffs the first year. You know, first year when I was there for the first time in their career. So or their would you say or first new teams organization period. So it was fun. It was fun to be a part of, but it's also fun to be back. City's back. Illinois is open back up and. And then they wanted me to come back, so it'd be fun to you know get this started and try to finish what I started. Three year process trying to get into the championship game, so see what happens. How, what, what's that roster look like? Is that a 
Is that a? I mean, is it? You got fifty guys. How many guys you got? What's so we can like? bring in forty guys for training camp, and then we cut down to twenty-five. So it's a twenty-five man roster, uh, and, and yeah, predominantly college college kids or guys that uh, we got some guys that got released from NFL rosters and need more film and want more film, and they just want to, you know, stay active. And that's what the league is about—just staying active and trying to get guys opportunities, whether that's back in the NFL to, to get their look back or get into Canada or some of these, even like the USFL, like my league. I think the XFL is starting back up in twenty twenty-three. Uh, so some leagues like that, just to get, keep keep somebody, because you know college is what fifteen hundred seniors every year, and there's only two hundred to what two hundred and twenty uh, fifty five men they get drafted in the NFL, right? So mm-hmm. I mean it's a lot of players out here vying for an opportunity. So we try to be that avenue to get guys more looks and more film, and, and they can just do something they love. Does the XFL coming back, UFL coming back, does that affect what you do and the players that you look for? Um, no, not really. I mean, for me, it's more about trying to get somebody an opportunity because I was an undrafted free agent, right? So I, I use some of my connects and I get with, with some of my connects that I have, I grab some players that they say, Hey, take a look at this guy. So we want to see what he looks like, see what he does put with y'all, you know? So I'll, I'll get some connects that actually send me that, but it's also about trying to get somebody an opportunity uh, because there is, there are, you know, so many diamonds in the rough, I just ain't been found, and, and if you can get if you can get an opportunity for a guy to, you know, show their ability and get them a look and get them an opportunity, that's the, that's the cool part for me. Let's talk about running backs because, you know, I think when you look for a running back, what are you looking for? Uh, for honestly, uh, catching. You know, uh, catching in general. I think most running backs have the ability to run the football pretty well, especially nowadays. Um, but you can definitely you can definitely get a judge of film on, on where their vision is because uh, as you watch film you can see things that they they didn't see but also you know, you'll wonder why they did hit that you know I love watching film and seeing oh he hit that ooh he saw that how do you see that you know what I mean so vision is the key but catching the football for me is is one of the big things I know if you watch football now especially even in the NFL it's starting to go away from that twenty. 20 carry, 30 carry back that it used to be, and, and now you're running these two back systems. And and if you're a court, if you're a back that can actually catch and run, uh, you, you're starting to get a lot more reps. So for me, that's definitely what it is—a a, a dual threat kind of running back is what I look for. I'm talking to Corey Ross Soderham in text line. If you want to get in, and ask some questions four six four five six eight five, or you can call the Honda of Lincoln Hotline four six four five six eight five. Get your words in, get your text in with Corey Ross. Uh, if we go to our streamline, Tyler Olsen says, Corey Ross, the boss. <laughs> <laughs> so, so who was the toughest guy you went against in practice at Nebraska? At practice? Wow, man. Let me think. Let me think. Who, who was a tough one? I mean, we had we had some tough ones. I think, God, man, our our safeties were always fun. Phil Bland, I don't think a lot of guys don't remember Phil, but some that were there kind of remember Phil Bland. He was um, he was tough. If he didn't hurt his ankle, um, he might have been he might have been pretty high on some 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 of the some of the guys list uh, of of guys that were defense because he was hard to really he was hard to juke. You know, I always wanted to make sure. 
I, I, I wanted to make sure I made somebody a highlight, you know, and I like to think everybody that I went against in Nebraska, I, I had a highlight up, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I like to put them on my highlight. <laughs> and, um, but Philip Bland was a tough one. I think both Bullock brothers was always tough uh, to go against. But the one, I would say, there was two. I would say if I, if I had to put two of them out there, I ain't going to lie, it, it, it had to be the Rudd brothers. What I, I, I had, I had, I both of them too, not just Barrett. I'm telling you right now. Bo was bringing in funk. Man, it, it wasn't that they were bringing the funk. When I tell you, it was so hard because they were so long, right? They were so long, and in in even in their in their arms, right? So even if I thought I got them a little bit, you know, they were such good tacklers, man. Such good tacklers. So both, I, I would, I would always say that to, those two used to get on my nerves, man. I could, I could not get around them. <laughs> sure, we call that sure tackling. Sure, like, like sure tackling. It's a, it's a loss. Yeah, and, and I think Barry got all the, all the, you know, the pub. You know, that's that D, that D run, right? But, but both, hey, he, he, man, he was no joke, man. He was long. He, he might not have the size that his brother had. But man, he was so long and like his wingspan. Like, if I think I, I mean, I would give him a move. I just thought it was the best move ever. And I'm like, did he really just get my legs? Like, he he would wrap me up like crazy. <laughs> now I, I, we're talking to Corey Ross. Corey, when we get back, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap this. Is I, I just want you to wrap your mind around this, and then we'll talk about this after the break. Is tackling a lost art? More when we get back. I'm the captain. I'm Rashawn Jackson talking to Corey Porkchop Ross, my little brother in the faith. Y'all come back. It's the ticket, 93.7. Back with Vershawn Jackson on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here we go, and we are back. Let it play, Nick. Let it play, Nick. I'm gonna see if I'm gonna test. I'm gonna test Corey Ross. Who sings this? Who sings this, Corey? What you say? Who sings that song? You know? Now I think I, you might be showing your age. Now. Oh <laughs> dang! All the old older Husker fans that's out there listening, they know who that is. Oh, that no, is hey, that is showing my age big time, man. I gotta come. <laughs> With a different playlist, bro. I'm gonna join. I'm gonna join the young guys. I, mean, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> <laughs> what you listen to now? What's in your, What's in Corey Ross's playlist? Man, you know what? Nothing really. You know, my my playlist consists of all my old school stuff. Um, Goody Mob, Outkast. Um, you know, uh, Jay Z stay in it. You know. 
T.I. You know, those, 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 I'm still, I'm old school. <laughs> I keep it old school. I don't have too much of the new, the new school stuff in my, in my, in my, uh, my Rolodex of videos. What about this one? You know this song? You know this song? You heard it? Oh, yeah, you know how that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was about to say, man. I asked, I took, T. Farley was on, and I played this song. Let's cue that song up to T. Farley. I played this song, so I got to see, Corey. <laughs> I got to see if you know this song. Cause I want to see if you can at least catch the voice because this dude was all. You heard that? I'm trying to hear. <laughs> you know who that is? Come on, Corey. Is that Michael? That's my hate. Michael, <laughs> he cutting down right now, so I, I, I hear it, but I can't hear. Oh dang, we got to work on our we got to work on our volume around here. But uh, yeah, I, I played that yeah, song. Everybody love that Michael. That Michael's a classic. I mean, that's what I thought too. But I played that song, and I mean, my doggone brother Terrell Farley was like, "Who is that? Erica Badu?" Oh, I was like, no. "Huh?" He he was so oh, far no. off. Of it. I was like, "Man, you ain't got no playlist no more, huh?" We we showing our age. Yeah, dog. So listen, uh, text line 3650 says, great show. Curious, because I've asked a lot of people this all the time. Who's the best Husker running back? And why? What? Give me some (laughs) C. That's why Porkchop is great. He said me. That's who. Why, Corey? Why? Why? Man, I did it all, man. Block, cop, and ran the football, man. I had the best. I think I was. I definitely had the best hands with all these running backs out here. Now I had. I had the best hands, no doubt. Dang, Corey, you. Hey, listen. Man, man. come on, man. I was top ten, hey, top man. ten in rushing and receiving. I know. I listen. Oh. I put you in my top ten running back, but I'm a, I'm a husker. <laughs> no, uh, I'm a husker historian. You know, I'm, I'm still. That, that's that's my honest answer. I, I do believe it was me. I, I, I just think. Uh, you know, eras definitely were different, though, right? Because LP was built different, right? I think if anybody watched LP, uh, he was one of the guys that I watched when I was getting ready to come to Nebraska. And I was like, man, this boy different, right? Like, he was different. I liked Amon. I thought Amon was just fast. But AP had that wiggle and he had that build to him, too, right? Mm-hmm. He used to break people down, Um as in, as in later uh, early later years, I I, I like I I loved Amir Abdullah when he played. Mm. Amir was sweet. He Amir was sweet. sweet. He he was a I used to say he's the next me. <laughs> but he had a little more wiggle. He had, he had a little more speed than I did. I like to think he did. I think I ran a better forty, but I don't know. But he used to get out of there and he caught the ball well. Amir uh, was clean. Who else? I like I like Rex. Rex was tough. You know Rex was Rex was tough. He was in there. Um, but as far as catching the ball wiggle, you know, there was another cat that I watched, um, D'Angelo Evans. I don't know if guys remember. Man, Jello. I, man, you Jello, took the words man. right out of my I mouth. I used to watch them all. Like, I used to watch them all. Jello was like, I used to I used to be like, because he had that four. You know, that was my number. So I had to watch anybody that had that four on. And when he had that four, that he was sweet. I mean, it, if his injuries didn't take him, people would have, ooh, the, the man, yeah, Jello, was, Evans, he was man. different, too. He was built different, man. Y'all built, I mean, the same, short, stocky, mm-hmm. 
low to the ground, pop in, pop out. People don't know. Give me a shorter running back that can that has vision and 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 knows how to run in space, set his blocks up, man. I that's the hardest person to stop. Yes. Well, you know absolutely. it. They done popped out on you. You're like, what the who, who is that? C. Ross, gone down the sideline. So 3024 says, tell Corey I have season tickets for the Steam Wheelers. My man. Right on the 20-yard line on the wall, I'll be wearing my Husker sweatshirts. I expect a high five. And they they come coming out of the locker room. You got him? I I got him. Absolutely. Anybody that wear that red when they come to a game gets love. Man, he said he comes. You know what, man? That's why I say – why? Let's just ask Corey. Why are Husker fans the best fans in America? Because they appreciate. They free. I, I, I think. I mean, it's, it's some of them. There's, there's some crazy ones now. Don't get me wrong. But I think they just appreciate the game, and they. I think they appreciate the struggle, right? I think they appreciate what we go through as football players in general. And there's a lot of respect that that comes to that. I mean, I think the social media world has definitely changed. And, and put a lot more, you know, uh, opinions on people's on people's thought processes. But when I was there, man, people just appreciated, you know, us and and, and where we come from and, and the conversations that I used to have as a as a former player uh, with fans after games and things like that. They they knew how tough we had it. They knew how rough you know the games were going to be, and, and they knew we worked hard to try to get to try to get that W, you know. And and at the end of the day, if you can have fans that can appreciate that, uh, uh, how much how much we, you know, what we go through and how much we really do want to win, <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's a little different. And we, we appreciate it, too, because they want to win just as hard as we do. As you name another fan base that we that, that stays selling out the way we sell out with the, with the records we've had right now, right? I mean, mm-hmm. come on, man. you got to appreciate them just as much as they appreciate us. And you got to respect them, too. Tyler Heyman, text line, 464-5685. If you want to get in on this conversation I'm having with Corey, or you can hit us up, Honda of Lincoln Hotline, 464-5685, for your questions for myself or Corey. Big John says, Port Child, best middle screen running back ever. <laughs> I used to hide in there, huh? I used to hide yeah. in there. That middle screen was different. <laughs> you, hey, that's what I'm saying, though. You pop out. <laughs> pop pop out. in, pop out. Oh yeah, I had a. I, I, whenever Coach called that, I promise you, I used to smile from ear to ear because I knew if I can get if I can get just a small little lane and I can hide right behind one of these big boys, I was gonna pop out of there and go. And I, I used to I, I used to smile from ear to ear when I get that that middle screen. So Travis and Lincoln says so many people forget Roy Halu Jr. He was a beast too. Listen, oh he was, he and he was. Was. Wait, like I, you gotta appreciate Roy's process. My bad. You absolutely. That's my fault. You gotta appreciate Roy because I don't know if people remember when Roy first got in. Roy was small, right? Like he was undersized. He was like this undersized guy, and he—I remember—he ate chicken and beef and chicken and beef all summer, and he put in the work in the weight room and became a stout cat. I can, ooh, yeah, I'm sorry, I almost not about Roy. I can't do Roy like that. We trying, we trying to locate Roy too because I I got an old number on him because I was gonna have I was gonna definitely bring Roy Haley for running backs week. Good yeah, God. I used to ah, oh, he was I, especially when I was done. Like he was exciting to watch. Absolutely, Roy Halo. Well, I, I, 20, 2021, and I, I'm, that's just the last four of the running backs. 2021 says, uh, ask Corey how his golf game is these days. I'm from, in the from AJ. Handicap, baby. 
I'm still I'm whoever whoever that actually that's AJ uh, AJ from me Lincoln. On Facebook and I and I'll show you. <laughs> hey, hey, hey Corey, that's you, you AJ from Lincoln. <laughs> AJ from No, Lincoln. I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a eight handicap. I'm an eight right now. Come on, and AJ. I, and I haven't I haven't golfed in in. I used to do it consistently, uh, and it's this past year, just coaching in general kind of takes the the hours away from me that I used to have. But I like to still think I'm I'm straight. I'm still uh, under under ten handicap. AJ, if you want something from Lincoln, hit hit Corey up on Facebook, and he'll show you what what that handicap life looked like. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get in, hit us on the Sider Hammond text line four six four five six eight five. I'm talking to Corey Ross, aka Port Chop. Uh, in your recruiting class, who do you remember? Who do I remember? Yeah, who was in your recruiting class? class? Oh man, I mean the guys I've really pretty much named. You know, Lakeven Smith. Ooh, Lakeven. Uh, keep, keep forgot about Lakeven. Lakeven was a dog. Damn. Lakeven Smith was a dog. He had uh, Titus. Lakeven Smith comes in. This that's why I knew he was going to be different. I, if he if and he and he was what well, he ended up being like the fifth 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 or sixth round pick. Mm-hmm. Lakeven showed up to to uh to training camp. And and then before training camp starts, um, we had to, you know you got to run forties to get your numbers on on board so people know where your numbers were and stuff like that. Lakeven Smith comes out there and runs a four, I believe he ran like a four nine or four eight as a D tackle, and didn't even know didn't even know he can't, I remember we had we was having lunch the dinner before he was talking about his knee been hurting, but he didn't even know he had a torn ACL. Oh, I remember that. And he ran a four nine. Wow. I think it was a four nine or four eight. Big old boy D tackle. I'm like, oh. Well, dang. to attest to what you're saying, Lakeven Smith also can turn a black flip. Oh yeah. You remember oh, yeah. that? <laughs> oh man. So talk. Let's talk a little bit about basketball. Like, did you get into that wreck life basketball? You know I did. Oh. And they you said you could jump out of the gym a little bit. Chop. Yeah. Man, I I can jump, I, but put it like this: it, it's I couldn't put the ball in the hole, but I jumped up there and grabbed the rim all day. Like I, I, that's how much that, that's a, you know you know and for my height that's still pretty good. But uh, Deontay Grigsby jumped out the gym. I think everybody knew about that. Mm-hmm. Not Deontay, but uh, Courtney. Woo! Courtney, Courtney Grigsby jumps out the gym, windmills and everything. Um, he's ridiculous. Uh, I like to say best best big best big boy shooter. Big big boy basketball player was Ty Adams, and down. Uh, I mean, I, uh, he, uh, there was there was some big boys up, up front that was pretty good too. Uh, Elsie just... was not; he wasn't a bad basketball player. Um, but T Dot had a fifteen footer. Titus had a fifteen footer that that was unmatched. Was I, don't, I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I'll put Titus fifteen footer against anybody. Really, we we gonna have big yeah. Titus on man. We go deep. Titus like that. Titus is like that. Really, and, he, and he, I think he might still be killing it right now. He still might be hooping. Are, are you forty yet? No, no. You no. close? I'm twenty twenty two. Stop it. Twenty two. No, Stop. no, not you. Might, hey, you are twenty two. You twenty two. Yeah, you. I, I believe it. <laughs> till you I'm it, close. It, until you get hit this, a few times and you be like, uh, you know what? This, man? this may be the year. <laughs> you ain't retiring yet. You still be out there trying to three step cut and and. Put the hand down drill and stuff. You showing them a little something. I tell my guy, I got four yards. That's all I got. I got, I got four yards. <laughs> Anything longer than that, I'm gonna pull a hamstring or pop, pop a quad. Now, <laughs> it's that easy nowadays. <laughs> now, when you coaching, are you a guy that likes to 
show the guys? Because, like, yeah. I, I had Coach Solis, mm-hmm. right? And Coach Solis would be – and I don't know why he always wanted to use me as the guinea pig and the scapegoat, but he would always be like, yeah, come here, Rashawn. Come here, come here. And he liked to attack and adjust me, you know, and throw his hands and punch me. And, he and liked I, to tell you how strong he was. Right? <laughs> so are you that guy? Are you that coach? Or are you more, look, you should know what you're doing? I, I, I am. I, I like I like, I like like the show just because I, every now and then you guys – I show them I'm still quick. Like, I'm not, I might not be fast anymore, but when I put that foot in the ground and get in a hole, when I show my running backs how to get in that, get in that hole and, get in, and then plant that foot, all my guys just start laughing. Like, and I get back there, kick return. Sometimes I'll catch a kick return, a punt return, show the guys how I used to do it, how to set it up. Like I told you, I only got four yards. So I'm going <laughs> to set it up. I'm going to make two quick ones, set it up, and I'll stop after four yards. But it'd be so quick. God, oh, coach, you still got something in you. Yeah, you know, I like to show a little bit. Right. So, uh, uh, 1264 says, and Corey, you holding out, man, because I can't believe me and you didn't do this together. But he says, ask Corey about his bowling game. He used to oh, bowl man. all the time at Nebraska. What's your best bowling A1. game? A one. What's your best game? I tell, tell, tell him I still got the ball and shoes. I, I carry that with me. It's in my trunk right now. I got two balls. What? made for me. I, I got I got two pair of shoes in, in, in the same bag, and I got I got a rolling suitcase. Let's go. Are you a straight liner or are you a, a curve guy? I got that hook. I got, got that, that curve. Hook? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm a two finger curve thrower. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. My best game was a two seventy nine. Two eighty nine. Two eighty nine. You been holding out, Corey? Almost, almost, almost had a three hundred. That was the best I had. Two eighty nine. You holding out? Hey, Trundle. When we get back, uh, I used to bowl in a, in the state in Nebraska back in the day too. What uh, league and everything out here in Lincoln? <laughs> Man, hey, that's what we need to do. Get us a little bowling contest with some to, of these guys <laughs> and bring it back, man. Hey, so listen, I, I got one more segment for you, Corey, that, and then we just call it freestyle. We're going to just talk about whatever you want to talk about. But as soon as we get back, so be thinking about that. It's Rashawn Jackson, the captain, the ticket, 93.7. All I need is one night. You know that song, Corey? Can you hear that? Corey, can you hear it? Is it, is it better or is it still low? As it said, all I need is one mic. Is that what you got going All on? I need is one mic. By who? <laughs> By who? <laughs> Which one is that one? By Nas. That's Nas. Okay. Trundle says, Ooh. hey, Corey, which running back in our current roster gets you the most excited? Joe and Lincoln. Oh man, it's 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 hard, man. I like I, I, I like them all, but I I don't know which one I lean more towards. I'm not even gonna lie. I don't know if I'm leaning towards Johnson or or I just I, I ain't, they ain't got the wiggle. You know what I mean? <laughs> coach Ross, well, you are the, the running backs the, coach. What, the one? Who gets to start? I don't know. I, I wouldn't know. I got to see him in person, man. I'll be honest with you. Because I, I thought we, we ran the ball well, but I, I I don't know. I don't know where we are there yet. I don't know if we like, – I think I said this before because we, we rotated so much 
you know, and even back in back in when we played, you know what I mean, if you were first and second string back, you were getting, you know, 15 to 20 touches, right? So you got to get in the game and start getting used to the game and let the game come to you, and then things slowed down, and all of a sudden you became the running back you, you can show out, right? You know what I mean? That's kind of my thought process, when, when, when especially when I feed running backs. I want to make sure they get get a lot of carries, and we don't really – we don't we don't really hand off one or one or two get more than you know ten ten or fifteen touches so it's hard for them to get going so I, I don't know which one I like I'd be honest I really don't know how, how important is that for a running back to get touches because a lot of guys that I know that play running back yourself included the more mm-hmm. you the more touches you get the oh, better you get the better you get you know and it, and, it, and, it, and it's just it's not just Nebraska doing. I think a lot of a lot of the teams nowadays are going to, you know, the, that two back system. But I mean, when you see some, I mean, when you could, let's talk about Alabama. You know, they they still feeding, you know, one or two guys the ball a ton, right? And and, and that ain't lost a step yet, right? So that's kind of my thought process in it. You know, we, the gun runs are, are are changing the game of what, than what we used to be. I don't know how I would have been in a gun run system. <laughs> you know, I like being back there with a, with a fullback, being able to see, you know, the movement up front before I truly get the handoff and, and, I can see, and then my vision opens up. It's a little different catching that ball and, and getting that catching, having a quarterback catch it in the gun and getting the handoff. You know, I, I teach it now, so I understand it. It's just a little different, but – I, and then I don't know how I would have fared in it because I don't know if I'd have liked it. <laughs> hey, real quick, Nick's got a question for you. Corey. Yeah, so talking about the running backs, Corey, with the whole committee approach or, or finding one guy, how big of an issue is it if one guy doesn't take the job, right? Because that's a big part of it. There's got to be a guy that wants yeah. to take it. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think that's what I'm – and that's kind of what I – I guess the point I was going toward is more so like when when we had – we we grew up playing. I can't I hate going back because I don't like talking about the past all the time. Cause, you know, I'm, I'm focused on what we're doing right now. But when we go back and look at it, it's, it was always somebody that if they took it over, they took over the carries, right? They made sure that they were they were durable, right? You had to you had to have durability. You had to know how to protect, you know, and you and and you, and you know you had to run football. You got to know your offense. And nowadays is is you know you got to protect. And how many guys can these guys protect? Do they understand the blocking scheme? Because that's huge in today's football. And then you also have um, the ability to catch out the backfield and, and be able to be utilized in multiple positions, like a lot of these running backs are going to now. And that's another issue. So it, it, it it's and it's almost hit and miss on who you play and each week and you know what they what they give up, you know. And so, uh, but if you can if you can master you know making sure we always going to run a ball and someone's going to get those touches. Um, I think it helps, you know, a lot more. But God, it's, it's just tough, man. Because no one, like you said, that's why I told you I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing uh, who I really would want because no one's really just took it over and was like, keep feeding him. You know, yeah. cause someone it was always this even this year. Someone was getting the you know, upper hand every, each week, right? Well, I think um, the the one that for me, they all had a, something a little bit different. You know, you got Yan. Yeah. He was a big guy. He actually had some wiggle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He got a little bit of wiggle. But then you got, you know, Ramir, kind of that mm-hmm. fast, Thunder Collins type guy. Who, that, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So you got and, – and, and Gabe Irvin it was, was pretty good. He had the complete package, but he was a little bit on the smaller side. He's got to get into mm-hmm. the training table and make sure he eats plenty of steaks and get his weight up. And, and so I would look forward to hopefully some of the guys they're bringing in, even Marquis Stepp. 
He, yeah. I thought he had a good first step, a good burst. I didn't know that he finished runs the way he probably should have. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Um, and and that's kind of, I, I, I don't know, man. I just, I'm I'm a little, I'm a, I'm picky when it comes to running backs, man. I, I really am, you know. And so, um, I, I like to, you know, I think this year too, for sure. I'm hoping this year, especially our our season ends a little earlier this year, so. I want you to try to come down there in training camp, and I can really put eyes on it because I can't really touch on it and just go off. I see because it's like again, you know, you, they might not be getting but two or three carries in the games, or really not, you know, or the game plan might not be dictated towards that. But I think that that tells you a lot, man. Especially uh, in this name game, that already are these guys can they protect? Because if you can do a lot of those things and you understand the playbook, then you should be in there all the time, you know. And that's the one thing I was like, shoot, I'm gonna make sure I knew this playbook because I got. They got David Horn five star. I got Marlon Lucky five star. I got these guys behind me, so I got to make sure I knew everything because I knew they were gonna come in and learn it, and they didn't know it. So let me, let me make sure I know everything. And I was a I was a every damn back because I I wanted those carries. And I and I, I think you just go and goes and saying what you said. No one's really stepped up and really just said this is mine. Like that. This is my this is my starting role right here. I want this. I want this every game. I want to be a three damn back. I don't know if if it's anybody stepping up and doing that, but again, I'm not in that room yet, and I would love to be down there to check it out. Corey, what's your what's your message to uh, the Husker faithful fans? And then give me your best go big red man. Man, this is this is a process. We got a TTP, right? I say it all the time, and, and trust me, I, it's hard for me to trust it too because I, I, I hate getting and going after fans. It's going after my Huskers, but got a TTP, man. Got to trust the process, man. It's it's, it's happening. Uh, you see some movement, and and, and uh, let's just believe in, in in what we got here, man. And at the end of the day, you know, let's let's let's, uh, let's let the football talk. And, and, and I think this year, I think it'll talk a little bit more than it has in a while. So I'm excited about it. Go Big Red, baby, all day. Go Big Red. Yeah. Hey, Corey, man, I I appreciate you so much, man. I hope you'll come back. We got all kind of stuff to talk about coming back later. Come back, man. See about being an analyst, man. I think having you in the building, man, will help. Uh, um, Just, just, I mean, you're just, you're somebody that the guys can go to. You've been there. You've done that. And I think you ought to, you know, contact Trev and them and see if you can get you back in the building because I think you'd be a super asset to have, man. Will do. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you guys, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. That's Corey Ross sitting with the captain, Rashawn Jackson, on 93.7.